You are listening to the Horse Radio Network, part of the Equine Network family. This is episode 693 of the Dressage Radio Show, official podcast of the United States Dressage Federation on the Horse Radio Network, brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products and Ride IQ. On this week's USDF episode, we are joined by Christy Waisaki for more review of the new 2023 tests. Reese Koffler Stanfield from Georgetown, Kentucky. And this is Philip Parks from Rockwood, Ontario, and you're listening to the Dressage Radio Show. Hi, Phil. How are you this week? I'm I'm doing good. I'm doing good. And how, how's your preparations for finals going? Yeah, really good. I, I'm not gonna lie, like been working pretty hard. Um, but I also like I I feel that like this week we worked pretty hard. So Scott Hassler, my coach, flew in for the weekend, uh, Saturday and Sunday. So we worked quite hard, actually really hard, but not not crazy, right? I, I'm not a firm believer. Uh, you know, at this point, most of your homework should be done. <laughs> but we were talking about just some very specific spots in the intermediate one and my freestyle that I need to have specific ideas with. So for example, uh, a tricky part for me is in the very beginning of the I1, we've been working on, I Big Mike has great intro. Like he's super, he stands for a nine. He can, he can does it quite often. Uh, but then I go off for trot and he gets a little bit flat because he has a perfect halt. He's very obedient. He's square. He's standing, he's listening. And then I go to trot and he's like, Okay, he's grown roots. That's what I that's what I like yes. to say. Lessons like don't let them grow bit. roots. No roots, like Mike, come on. So <laughs> we worked on coming out really with good power, and then we have to make a left-hand turn in the I1 and, and ride an extended trot to a right-hand turn up the center line to a shoulder in on the center line, which is very difficult. And my shoulder in right, which unfortunately is the first thing you do, is uh actually my hardest movement that I will do. So we work quite a lot on that. So I'll be keeping that momentum. Um, I do a very similar thing in the freestyle as well. I just do it the opposite direction. So we worked really hard on specific things like that. We also do an extended, uh, or it's medium trot actually to uh, collected walk, uh, which is another kind of sticky part for me. So uh, just working in some of those like super details, uh, which is where Philip and I can like geek out for hours talking about these little details. But uh, when you get to a final, that that kind of should be the level, in my opinion, of detail. And then I also try to keep his schedule very similar. I don't change. We had beautiful weather. He goes outside. He acts like a normal horse. I worked him quite hard yesterday. So today he had a lighter day. So I try to keep it. I try not to go crazy because I just keep it all kind of the same. Like we'll have a hard weekend and then uh, a little bit of downtime. Uh, and then he'll have a nice weekend. And then we'll head over probably Thursday uh, to the horse show. So right now we worked quite hard. I feel very good with where we are. Just have to kind of keep the momentum, but, uh, in, in general, really looking forward to it. Knock on wood for everyone coming to Kentucky. The weather looks quite good for next week. So yes, it's been, we've actually had overall a pretty warm fall and it's looks like it's going to stay pretty warm and dry as of right now. So we're recording <laughs> A week out from when I will go to the horse out. park. Yeah. Week out I mean, from when we're, things we're, start. We're kind of in the same 
I mean, it's exceptionally warm. This weekend, we're yeah. going to yeah. be in like 20 degrees, which is, mm-hmm. I don't know, 70 or something, you know? So Yeah, yeah, we're the same. It will fall, crazy. but hopefully it yeah. waits till after. Yeah. So I think it's going to be quite nice for everybody. Uh, and it's been very beautiful here. We're losing some of the leaves, but uh, I will give kind of a hot tip for people coming to Lexington. We have great restaurants in Lexington, but unfortunately, the word is out. So I will tell you, if you do want to go to some nice dinners, maybe make reservations. I use open table and we have great open table here. Uh, Maybe actually do that soon uh, so that you (laughs) have it down because even for locals, like this week we have Breeders' Cup and uh, also World Cup jumping on Saturday. So good luck trying to find a restaurant right now. Like it's impossible. You cannot eat out. I told my husband, even probably getting a pizza will be difficult. Uh, so, uh, but hot tip again, we have some great restaurants, open tables, a great place to look, but, uh, you know, you can always message me about a great place to go, but, uh, we have great steakhouses and we have good kind of local restaurants. We have quite a cool scene here. Uh, great bourbon, uh, if you're coming. So, uh, really enjoy that. And, uh, yeah, I, I hope everyone enjoys their trip here because, it should be hopefully a good year and uh, getting us back after sort of last year was enormously huge. Um, this is a little bit smaller. Uh, I, well, I don't know if it's smaller, but not as many more people normal. will be coming. Yeah, mm-hmm. more normal. A little bit more normal. So that should be really fun. So I'm looking forward to it. I hope everyone has safe travels here to Kentucky. Uh, again, I'm I'm really lucky this year, Phil. I don't have to go anywhere. I have, we have finals and then convention here. So I'm going to be sleeping in my own bed. Uh, and my husband likes it, but of course I really like to snuggle with my dog. So he's very sweet. I don't have to travel anywhere. Uh, so that'll be fun. So, uh, should be a great, um, couple weeks here, uh, well a week and then a little bit of time and then back for convention. So lots of stuff going on. You can kind of feel the dressage energy. Everyone's coming in. Uh, which is always fun. So safe travels. And uh, we look forward to seeing everybody here. And we're so excited about this episode. We're really proud. Every test cycle, which is, this is, is this our second or third, Phil? I can't remember. Um, but we get to do this show every every cycle when it changes. And Christy Waisaki, you'll hear she does an amazing job. She goes from training level to fourth level, a little bit of the developing precinct George and four, uh, four-year-old tests in there as well. She's going to go through everything that they changed while they were writing these tests. And this is pretty cool. So buckle up, grab a notebook. I remind you midway through to get your notebook. I took tons of notes as we were doing the interview. So we both really hope you enjoy it as much as we did recording it. This Nutrition Minute is brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products, the company that simplifies your search for research-proven nutritional supplements at kppusa.com. If you've ever had a horse with diarrhea, you know what a frustrating problem it can be. Finding an ingredient that works to dry up the diarrhea becomes a high priority. It turns out that researchers have found one, a yeast called Saccharomyces boulardii. It has been proven to improve and halt episodes of diarrhea. It supplies specific nutrients to the lining of the small and large intestines, and these nutrients promote healing of irritated tissues. It also supports improved starch and sugar digestion in the small intestine, reducing the opportunity for imbalances to occur in the hindgut. 
Nalox Advanced, made by Kentucky Performance Products, contains Saccharomyces boulardii, along with a blend of fermentation solubles and stomach buffers. Nalox Advanced is recommended for horses of any age that are suffering from diarrhea. It also supports a healthy digestive tract in horses at risk for gastric or colonic ulcers, such as performance horses or any horse that is constantly on the go and exposed to stressful situations. For best results, Nalox Advanced should be fed on a daily basis. This Nutritional Minute has been brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products. You can find all of their terrific products at kppusa.com. Founded in 1973, the United States Dressage Federation has become the largest organization to represent a single Olympic equestrian discipline. At nearly 30,000 members strong, USDF is your connection to dressage education, competition, and achievement. Visit usdf.org to learn more about USDF education, competition and award programs, and to shop our online store. Again, that's usdf.org, your online destination for dressage. Well, for tonight's USD episode, we are honored to have Christy Wysocki. She's an FEI four-star judge and a five-star para judge. She's a speaker, a writer, and trainer, and has been on the test writing committee for four, three to four rounds. Christy, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Well, we're thrilled, and we've been looking forward to this episode because people have been requesting, when are you guys going to be doing the test? And I was like, hold on. We are going to have a full episode with Christy Wysocki on this. So we will get this party started. Uh, We're going to work all our way up from training level to fourth level. So I'm going to hand the mic to you, and we'll start with training level. What were some changes this cycle? Okay, so um, at training level, there's probably two things that need to be kept in mind. The first is at all of the levels, the purpose that is at the top of the test, which we would love for riders to read because that tells you what the goal of the level is. And it's on the top left-hand corner of every test of every level. And we did modify all of the purposes of all of the levels this year. So some of them have minor changes And some of them have significant changes. The significant change to training level this year is we have included the correct geometry and lines of travel should be shown. We had hoped that that was a given, but we've decided to put it in the purpose so people will focus on it a little bit more clearly. Training level test one only had a very minor change We did make a transition to the walk. The previous round, you had to do it at sea. And at training level test one, we try to make things quite easy. This is the introduction to the baby horse to the arena or a rider who's never shown before. So we try to give them like a zone to do things in. And so we did make one modification. And now the walk transition, they have between C and H to do the transition instead of having to do it at a letter. So we basically just made training level test one just a little bit easier for the the baby horse or the green rider. So that's so, really I the mean, only change. Sorry. Yeah. Well, Go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say like to, to make it easier, but also give riders and horses a little bit more time to prepare. 
So exactly. That, that, and if, if the rider, you know, with the, the baby horses, it can take a little bit more time to establish a transition. As you approach a letter, you might be going, oh, we're not quite ready. And sometimes with the babies, the corners help with transition. So with them being able to do it between C and H, that A gives them a space of time, like four or five strides where they can choose the best moment. And it also gives them the benefit of the corner to kind of help balance the horse for the transition better. So, so we should be telling people to, to use, use the bend, maybe not ride a, a young horse deep into the corner, but, but use a little inside leg to outside rein to maintain balance and momentum so that it's not herky jerky, right? Right. The corners just, as the horse is turning, they usually establish a little bit more balance. So that corner just gives them a little bit. And I think it gives them a little bit of a security too, to be in the corner. So, and it also just gives the rider time that they don't need to do anything abrupt with the the young horse so that the horse has time to ease into the walk and not get tense by a transition that is required right at a moment. So it basically was set up to give them a little bit more security in the transition and an ability to keep their balance better. Yes, I And that's really the only change in that test. That test is designed to be quite short and sweet, as I like to say, Um, (laughs) for the baby to get in, do their job and get out and not get overwhelmed with, you know, and if they're, they're, they're not very strong yet. It's a nice short test. So it's really ideal for the, the youngster. And, and Christy, you know, my niece is, is a little bit now and uh, riding. And uh, for those of us who've had to uh, run the test to, with them, this is actually short and sweet is ideal. And uh, that transition <laughs> will, will help. that way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Nor had I uh, in a long time, but uh, uh, I ended up and, and did a little fitness and, and running. But that actually is really helpful because uh, we actually had that very discussion of um, don't pull your pony's face off uh, when you have to do it. So I appreciate that. And uh, I just wanted to give everybody a little break. If you need to pause us, I currently have a notebook out with a pen and I am currently writing notes as Christy is talking, even while we're having. So this is a great time to grab a notebook because this is uh, a really, really great information. So uh, I thought it would uh, give people a time because this is awesome. And Christy, we'll send you on to training level test two. Yeah, and to your point of taking notes, that's kind of an, a good thing to bring up because some of the tests have minor changes to them, and those can be the trickier tests to remember the changes in because they're similar to the previous round. And so if they don't look like they have much of a change, sometimes those can be the harder tests for riders who have ridden the test a lot they can be the harder test to remember that there's a minor change. So that's why it's important to keep track of the little changes as much as the test. There are some tests that have significant changes, and those are actually a little bit easier to learn the new test just because it's very different than the previous test. So notes are not a bad idea, in my opinion. So training level test two We did not change this test. Uh, We feel that this is a really good test to um, for a horse that's a little bit fitter and a little bit stronger, perhaps a green rider that's 
it's not their first show. They're starting to get a little bit more experience. It is a longer test than training one. So it, it does take a little bit more fitness than training one. And it takes a little bit longer attention span for the younger horse. But it's a very fluid test. This test has been with us for a long time now. And I don't see it going away anytime soon because everybody really does like this test as a, a um, introductory when the horse is ready for just a little bit more than the short training level test one. So in terms of learning anything new with this test, there, there are no changes for this test. And then we come to training level test three, which we have changed significantly. Um, however, if you have memory of older tests, this test will look quite familiar. The new training level test three is very similar to the 2015 <laughs> version yep. of training level three. The most significant change is instead of the three loop serpentine, we have gone back to the single loop from, for example, H to X to K. Um, we are thinking when we changed in 2019 to the full three loop serpentine was that people understood that better than they do the shallow loop. And after four years of judging it, we've discovered that's not the case. <laughs> no. Maybe a bit too complex. For However, people, that or... exercise, yeah, that exercise shouldn't be thrown out. Like you should learn how to do a proper three loop serpentine. Yes, I you should. You definitely, that, like, definitely a good should. exercise. It yes. is a good but exercise. But we also, the other reason we did feel that it was important to put the shallow loop in, not just because we don't want to watch people do a movement incorrectly because this one's actually a little bit more difficult to, to learn. Once you do learn it, it's easy to ride. But the main reason we wanted to put it back in is we really felt that in preparation for first level, where we asked for the same figure at the canter, that without the riders doing it at the trot, they were not as prepared once they got to first level three to handle this same loop in the canter. So if they haven't okay. learned it at the ah, trot, it can make okay. learning it at the canter much more difficult. Yeah. So and, and that's that is the main reason we wanted to put it back in. And, and Christy, I think that's such a good point because really the whole committee looks at, like you said, it's made of judges and riders and trainers and the whole committee looks at the entire picture, right? So Somebody may be focused on their test, training level test three, but really the whole point is that if you can go through the steps of training a horse through the, that you've outlined in the test, you will be able to train a horse theoretically to that level. And so I think that that's been so important um, to, to remember because you see that, like that you saw this, that people weren't doing the one loop well uh, or weren't doing it in training level. So they weren't doing it well later. And it's that whole process and that, that you are, that you guys are all guarding and, and really trying to promote. Right. So that's why they work the way they do. Exactly. And if, if you were to take all of the tests from even interlevel and lay them all out all the way up to Grand Prix to the very top, and if you looked at them like you were reading a book, it tells the whole story. 
And it's really important when we're writing these tests that we don't skip a chapter, so to speak, and that we do give a very logical progression. And so there's not only a progression from one level to the next, but if you, for instance, compare training level one to training level test three, there's also significant progression between those tests in difficulty within the level. And I guess one of the ways I like to have people think of it, when you're riding the first test of the level, it's kind of like arriving at kindergarten. You're getting Hmm. introduced to it. You're getting familiar with it. And then when you move to the highest test of the level, you're graduating and getting ready to go to junior high school or whatever. And so there really is a progression within the levels. And then, of course, there's the progression from one level to the next. And we really do try to keep it in mind that if we ask for something, for instance, the canter loop at first level, that we've given the riders the tools to be able to do that movement. And Mm -hmm. we really felt that not having this shallow loop in the test kind of made it more of a challenge and people had more trouble Mm -hmm. with the canter loop. And um, so we felt like it was important to put it back in. Any other major changes in training level test three? That's really the the major change. And then the other thing that, that we were able to resolve from that, it, it's interesting. Probably most people don't realize it, but we work on the revisions for each round of tests for almost three years. Mm-hmm. So it, it, we don't just do these for two or three months and then poof, off they go. And it's all done in a short period of time. We will actually start working on the next round, probably next fall. Yeah. So you see it for a year. You see it for a year and and then you just start thinking about how perhaps, you know, perhaps it could be could have been done better. Or, you know, in the case of test two, it's like, yeah, that's good. Right. Like, okay, it's it's progressive. It's, you know, and there's no, you know, do, do, do people have a problem with it or, you know, how are they riding it? In general, you have to almost see a lot, a lot of horses and riders to kind of get a get a base case, and then decide like, okay, you know, what what's next, right? Right, and it's like if it's not fixed, don't. I mean, it's not broke, yeah. don't fix it. Don't Training be- <laughs> two is a perfect example of that. Leave it alone. Yeah, you know, it's like the pre St. George. The FEI has had that test for a very long time because yeah. it works. Right. And um, but the other thing that ha- happened this last round in 2019 was we do run these tests through practice runs with we have riders ride them of different abilities and different size horses because we need to know how long they take and we need to know if they're too challenging for a, a kid versus a pro and and one of the things that slipped through the cracks in 2019 is we did make in the first um, direction when they went from the canter to the trot to the walk, it was really Ooh, yeah. a short Fast. distance. And I, I, it was funny. I hadn't even judged it yet. I was doing a symposium introducing the new test and the first demo rider did that, those movements. And I was yeah. like, uh, yeah, <laughs> and it was yes. nothing it's really we could fast do for four years. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it was like, oh, and we just yes. didn't, you know, whoever we had, I don't even remember who was doing the 
the dry runs for that round, but it was probably a professional and it just kind of was so smooth that it didn't catch our eye enough. And that unfortunately does happen. There are times when something slips in and we're, and we are like, eh, um, (laughs) we try really our best, but that those things do happen too. So um, that was the other thing that with the revision, that really fast canter trot walk that had to happen between C and K is gone. Oh, thank goodness. Yeah. (laughs) That was a tough one. A sigh of relief for that one. (laughs) That was a tough one. That was tough. It was. I love it. It was. Yes. And then I think the other important thing for training three is we tried to give a clearer description of how to ride the single loop. So for instance, the wording now says HXK slightly after H begin a single loop to X returning to the track slightly before K because we had a lot of riders riding it more like a triangle where they would a double, make a, sharp a double turn diagonal onto maybe the diagonal yeah. and then yeah. yeah and then from X they would make another sharp turn back to the other corner <laughs> and so we're hoping with this wording and we also put a diagram in with a picture of it at the bottom yes we're that hoping was great. that people will have a little better picture in their mind of how to ride it so and that brings up just another thing that when I was younger USDF used to print out all of the description of each movement and now probably for cost I'm assuming that is not printed in what goes out from USDF they are in the USEF test the test you get from the judges but that's where you find the description um also the purpose it was so bad that when I went to my learner judges I I don't think I'd ever seen it because I didn't know it existed you know, I'm, I'm going to be real on that. So, so just everybody remember that, or when you go to the USDF website, they have the full version of the tests and those are really important to print out. Not just like the actual, like, where do you go? But again, if you have a, a question, like how does the free walk ride look at the description, which may mean you need to print out the the full version of the test, which is what you would get at a horse show. So um, I think that's a slight disservice. I don't know. I'm sure it's a budget thing, but I think it's just something to remember. That's a really good point. Like all these companies that make the diagrams for you Mm -hmm. and all of that kind of thing. And in the USDF member guide, you know, they had cost them a lot of money to print things. So they basically print the test so someone can use it to read. But the actual test that you can find online on both the USDF website and the USEF website, the actual tests have two major, well, they actually have a couple, more than two. They have the purpose that I've already mentioned Mm -hmm. that's in the top left-hand corner for the level. Underneath that, it also says anything that's new that's being introduced in this test. For instance, first level test one introduced 10 meter half circle at the trot, 15 meter circle at the canter, and the lengthening of stride at the trot. So you very quickly as a rider can see what's new at that level and go, oh, I don't know how to do that yet. I need to back up. Or, oh, I've got that. No problem. So there's a lot of information on the test other than just where you're supposed to go. Yes. And yes. um, if you didn't I, know that, 
That's important. It just so if you're practicing a tester, I what I do is I have a copy. I take a binder and I I just one afternoon I print out all the tests. I put it in a binder. So me as a coach, like I can pull that up. And if someone's like, oh, I have a question, I'm like, hey, let's take a look at the description of the movement and what are, what are the judges looking for. So I that is something that I that that I do do, and it's been very helpful, um, especially as you're as you're moving forward. Like you said, what do we what do we need to do in first level? So, um, but yeah, so I, I love this new first level test one. This is a great test. So if you're ready, should we move on to first level? Yeah, we just basically took the the lengthening stride of the canner out is the main thing we did. So it made it a much simpler test. It used to be that you also had, in addition to the lengthenings of the trot, we also had a lengthening of the canner with the 15 meter circle. And we found most of the horses we're not really ready for a canner lengthening at that, just that transition from training level, that they really needed a little bit more preparation and um, training, balance, and that kind of thing. So in taking that out, we the first level test one, um, the beginning of it is very much the same. The trot work has not really changed, but then the canner work is much simpler than it was previously because of the lengthening being taken out. Super. I will say that one of the most important things about first level that if people never read the purpose, which unfortunately a great deal of people never read the purpose, the last sentence of purpose at first level now says the horse should be on the bit. Uh-uh. And it previously yeah. said they had to accept the contact. And so the the standard has been raised in terms of the connection now. That if the horse is not on the bit, they're not going to get as good of scores. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So because we had a lot of people going into first level before they were really prepared to do that. And so we we and we don't want to see people riding at it in over their heads, so to speak, and not doing well. It's not any fun. Yeah, and it's it's not fun to go and get low scores and quote unquote get beat up, and you feel like you know, oh, the judge doesn't like me or they don't like my horse, and and that has nothing to do with it. It's that you didn't meet the level, the standard of the level. And so we're trying to make um, things much more clear so that riders don't have that kind of disappointment because that's not what we're, that's not our goal at all. Our goal is to, through these tests, help the rider and the horse progress and train up the levels to be able to do the dressage correctly through the use of the training skill. So, and one of the other really cool tools on the test is to the right of where it says what you're supposed to be doing, there's a box that says directives. Mm-hmm. And most riders never read that part either. And in that box, it tells the rider as a judge specifically what I'm looking for in that movement. So it that is another huge tool that um, riders don't use. They don't look at their test enough to see there's a yeah. whole sorts of information there yeah. they can get <laughs> that can help make you ride better. And and I encourage people to, you know, don't just look at where you're going when you look at the test. Look at the entire test. 
And what is it they're wanting me to achieve within this test? Yeah. Well, I think that's yeah. a good, uh, I mean, that's a great point. And whereas like if you don't have access to uh, a, tra- a regular trainer or, or whatever, you can certainly um, videotape your your ride and then pick up a, a test booklet or, or a physical test and, and score yourself and say like, did I, did I achieve that, that, you know, this, this, and this it's all, it's written down right there. Like check mark, check mark, check. Oh, no. Right. And then mm-hmm. hopefully, yeah. hopefully you ha- can be your mm-hmm. best, your best, your best coach and say, Oh, I, you know, critically, right. You know, tr- truly following the directives, fo- following the, you know, what's written there and say, oh you know, maybe I'm not ready to show that, you know, or to uh, to go to a horse show and, and and show that off yet, you know. And and again, I just return to what what I always think is that you know it's it's a performance. You don't want to be barely making that level. You want to say yes, I can do that. Yes, I've got that. Yes, I've got that. And 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 I think that's uh, you know now I'm ready to show the judge all. I mean, it can always go wrong, but you know, on on your best day, can can you? Can you check, take all the box, all the boxes? That's a really important point. I mean, I rode with Hilda Gurney. I had the good fortune of getting to ride with her for several years. And when I first went to her farm, I knew nothing. I was really clueless. And uh, one of the things that she told all of us is she said, you want to show the things that you're really good at, not the things you're learning. Yes. The things you're learning, you do at home. <laughs> And the yes, things yeah. that you really have down that because the horse show is to show off, hey, look how good we are at this, not to go and learn how to do that movement. And I think that's really important for people to remember. I think yeah. it makes a huge difference. Yeah. Yeah. And sure. then they have more fun too. Well, you're supposed to have fun, fun at a horse show. It's supposed to be successful. And it's just like taking an actual test. When you're prepared, you're ready to go in there and you you nail it if you're like you know, studying as you're going down, you know, down the hallway. Well, mm, you're probably nervous yeah. and you're probably a mess. Good luck. Good luck. Exactly. You, know? we want you to have fun. And an, and- yeah. And another point in the tests themselves for people to realize is one movement, like on movement 12 on first level test one in the canner, it says B circle, right? 15 meters. And the next movement is a working trot. So as a judge, that movement 12, B circle right 15 meters, it does not end until A, where there's the trot transition. So it's not just the circle that's getting judged. It's also how you ride the long side and into the corner to A. And so that when you're looking at a test, a movement doesn't end until the first letter of the next movement. Yes. That yeah. makes sense. So if your horse yeah. freaks out in the corner, it will go into that box. You may, that's what exactly. the judge, you know, right. would you scribble may, out yeah, you must Like you, you may have ridden a 10 for a circle or, or whatever, but if the next movement hasn't started, uh, yeah, all, all kinds of stuff can happen, right? So Yeah, yeah if they break on the long side or something yeah. like that, it does, it does impact that movement. Exactly. So... Awesome. Um, How about first level test two? Yeah, what's in two? So first level test two, um, the we just the we made a very very minor change um, where you do the half circles in the trot onto the center line to then leg yield out to the rail, 
the half circle used to be its own separate score. And then the leg yield, they were separated out. And now they're, they're one score. And it's not really a half circle anymore. You just turn down center line. So that's a Any little bit different. Why? Now you can ride into the corner and then turn okay. down the center line. Yeah. Okay, so a little bit more balance going into the center line. Yeah, I think it's I think it's a better um, preparation for riders preparing to ride onto the center line for the lateral work that's coming in the later levels. Mm-hmm. So because they turning onto the center line is harder than it looks. Yes. Yes, I know. So, well, especially, yeah. especially if, if, the, if the horse knows what's coming. Yeah. I, you know, yeah. This, yeah. this is a level that I teach a lot. And they sort of kind of lean around the circle <laughs> and then begin begin the leg yield before the rider right. stops straight. So I think it's a good reminder to, like, do the turn, get straight, and then do the leg yield. Mm-hmm. You know, in my yeah. mind, it makes it better. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I And I, I really do think it's better preparation for second level and above in getting used to riding good turns onto the center line because people don't practice that enough no it's one of the hardest things you'll do in the grand prix yes i'm just saying so never goes away never never goes away it doesn't it's there till the end (laughs) literally (laughs) you better get good at it the first level yeah exactly and if you know and and i think for us i don't think it was necessary for us to to simplify that mm-hmm. um, for that movement before, so we we combined. We basically took out the half circle and just had them use turning down the center line, and and then there's so there's one less. There's two less scores on the test as a result. Got so it. it also changes the maximum number of points slightly. And that's Got another it. thing we have to take into effect is how, how many points there are and where do we put double coefficients and keep the double coefficients balanced between the different gates. And there's the, it's, it's quite a, an interesting process to go through to figure out how to make the test come out the best that we can. Yeah. And like no. you said, it's constantly evolving. It, it, this is always happening, which we don't, you know, if you, unless you talk to someone uh, that that's on the committee or, or is constantly working on it, this is a very active committee. Some committees you sit on and you don't do anything, but this one, you're, you're constantly, I'm sure the judges are giving feedback, the trainers are giving feedback, um, all those, those, uh, it's fantastic. So um, now first level test three was a big change. This was a big one. And I'm so happy. You do. <laughs> first level too. three. I love the, I love what's asked for in the train, in the canter work. Mm-hmm. But at first level, most of the horses aren't balanced enough that once they did the first lengthening, the rest of the canter work was pretty much Mach 10. Mm-hmm. And it yep. was like, hold on and fasten your seatbelt because here we go. <laughs> <laughs> here and we're taking off. <laughs> yeah. So it was a lot of canter work together and it was challenging canter work. And, and uh, oftentimes by the end of it, it was like, Whoa. so, um, but before we get to that, the other thing that we, this was another test that as soon as we judged it the first time, it was like, Oh, uh, we actually caught the problem on this test before, but it had already gone to print when we caught it. So we couldn't even change it. Even like six months ago, we couldn't make changes to the test because they have to go through mm. 
several different approval processes, and then they go to the printers and the publishers for all the different books they're in. And so um, we we caught the mistake we made in the 2019 version. If you pay attention to the trot work, it's all on the right-hand side of the ring. The entire trot work is on the right-hand side oh, of the ring. Oh, and first level test two or first level test three? First level test three. Oh, the I never 2019 version, it's all oh. on the right-hand side of the ring. Yeah, it is. So okay. it's not terribly yeah. balanced in use of the ring. It's not mm. in te- it's not terribly good for the ring to have the horses all spinning the entire right trot work on the right-hand side of it, especially like if it was bad weather or something, you know? Yes. Um, and it, we caught it, but we caught, we couldn't change it by the two. As soon as we, oh, it was yeah. we, the whole group. I mean, it was like in one breath, we just all were like, Whoa. so mm-hmm. anyway, but we lived through it. We survived it. Yeah. <laughs> yep. it, it, it was a nice the, test and it wasn't a the, bad test, but yes, it wasn't I see, bad, no. but it was, no. it was not balanced left to right. So, <laughs> yes. um, so we did the trot work is now much more balanced. And as you see, we made the the leg yields in the circles, I think, are more fluid now mm-hmm. because of us separating out and not having it all come from that one side. You oh, could hide a little right. bit of that leg yield to the left a little bit. You could because you were going away from the judge. But I think yeah, that that's exactly. Yes, <laughs> exactly. And so uh, you can make a leg yield look pretty good from the from the back. Yeah, so it was great. Um, I liked it. Sorry, <laughs> we made it more balanced because they're now coming towards the judge, and they're not all coming from the same side of the ring. And then, and the way we were able to do that was because we decided I've been work, I've been trying for years and I'm so happy we might, we did this to split the canner work up and the canner work is basically the same ingredients that it's always been, but now it's split up so that you do the right lead canner work right after you do the right trot work. And then you do the walk and then you do the trot and do the other canter lead. So it it's, I think it's going to be much more balanced canter work for us. I'm very excited about it because I think it'll really, um, because it's important movements that we're asking for in this test, mm-hmm. but it just was, you know, and especially like really big movers that had big canters, they could just really get going so strong that they just couldn't get their balance back to get through that whole canter tour and, and do the entire thing in balance. And this breaks it up to where I think it's going to be a much smoother test. That makes sense. So I'm really excited about this one. This is one of my favorites. Awesome. Yeah. I think this year. is one of those, make sure you read this one. The material's the same pretty much, right? It's just the way that it's presented. It's, exactly. It's all the same ingredients. It's just in way different order. This one will probably make some riders go off course the first few months because they're thinking of the old one. And it's just similar enough that it could get them to. So this is one that you want to kind of like erase the old test out of your brain if you wrote it a lot and just start from scratch. So, and again, we did the new description for the shallow loop for the canter, like we did in the trot in training level test three. We have the same kind of um, descriptor to try to help people ride. Because when you ride the canter loop like a triangle, it doesn't go very well. 
you can pull it off in the trot, but yeah, you can't. Yeah. The horse usually breaks or changes leads or something. I'm sure. I'm sure you've seen it all happen. Oh yeah. And look, sometimes <laughs> I've seen some really good ones. <laughs> okay. All right. So, so I'm no, good for I the future, but not today. Yeah, not today. Well, and I think that's a good reminder. You can have the test read to you. And that may be, and as we're getting used to the new test, like no shade, no shame, right? The judges don't think anything None. different. And, and, you know, if you're used to writing the old test and you're nervous, you're going to mix it up. Just bring a reader in. Not a problem. I, I almost always have a reader because I help a lot of people with lots of tests during the week and usually a lot during, you know, getting ready for a horse show. So I get up there and I can't remember where I'm going. So I almost always have a reader until obviously a regional or a finals. But, you know, I take a reader because I know I'm going to, I'm like, do I walk at C? Do I walk at A? I can't remember. It's fine. Judges don't care as long as your reader knows what they're doing uh, or has some clue. Uh, the you judges do don't want care. your reader well-trained and it's usually best not to ask your husband because that can cause some marital <laughs> It's called marital risk. problems. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Marital, marital. And you can never be mad um, at your reader. <laughs> yeah. It's a really good idea to have a reader if that just, and sometimes it just, makes a rider breathe a little bit more just hearing somebody's voice yeah yeah so it's, it's a good way to do it well it really we're going to take a short break just to get everybody ready for our second third and fourth level discussion right after this commercial break we will be right back we're the healthy critters crew i'm tigger i'm patty and i'm coach jen if you're a horse lover dog lover, cat lover, llama lover, chicken lover, parrot lover, paw and hooves and feathers lover, Healthy Critters is for you. We have fascinating guests, nutrition tips, information on various critters, and the only talking Pomeranian dog on the radio. Hello, everyone. Join us for our bi-monthly laughter-filled romps on HRN. Brought to you by Biostar U.S. As a listener of the show, you might have heard us talk about Ride IQ. Ride IQ is a new concept for equestrian, and it presents a really cool opportunity, the opportunity for you to take a lesson with a top coach anytime you'd like. Here's how it works. Ride IQ is a mobile app for iPhone and Android with hundreds of on-demand listen-while-you-ride audio lessons taught by top coaches across dressage, eventing, even the natural horsemanship, and sports psychology. In fact, I'm one of the coaches you can take lessons with with Ride IQ if you're not already tired of my voice. Whether you're looking to add structure to your rides, try new exercises, or build confidence, Ride IQ can help. With Ride IQ, you won't be waiting for your in-person lessons to make progress. You can make exceptionally productive rides on training days as well. Every membership automatically includes a two-week free trial after that, membership is just $29.99 per month. Because you're a Dressage Radio Show listener, you'll get $15 off your first payment after the free trial. Just go to rideiq.com to sign up and use the code DRS to get your discount. That's rideiq.com and promo code DRS to start having the most productive schooling rides you've ever had. Well, Christy, we are going to get started with second level because this, like you said, of the of the storybook, a lot of people like to skip this one. So let's talk about it and why you shouldn't skip second level. <laughs> yeah, second level is, I've often heard people call it the black hole of dressage. 
I used (laughs) to think of it that way myself, I think, but it really is, it's such an important transition level from first level moving up into third level and the FEI levels. And if you skip it, it really can leave some holes in your training. Um, The simple changes are the preparation for the flying change. Here's where you're getting introduced to the first lateral work. And something I think people don't realize is the collection of second level is not the same as collection of Grand Prix. The expectations are much lower. And so if you skip this and you hop further up and you're not really prepared for that level without going through the second level, it can really make it a challenge to do well at the higher levels because there, there is this progression through, as I said, it's like reading a book. And if you skip a chapter, you may not understand the next chapter. Mm-hmm. So um, with that in mind, um, second level one, uh, the la- in 2019, we decided to take the simple change out. And I personally think that that was a really smart move. Um, yes. We basically made it, instead of having to go canter, walk, canter, the horses got to canter, then they trotted it one letter, walked at the next letter, and then picked the canter back up at the following letter, which uh, we all are very happy we did that. We think it's made a big difference in the transition from first to second level. However, in our efforts to do that, we put that movement in going both directions. And by doing that, at the end of the test, we picked the canter back up and then we sort of were like, well, what do we do now? So we just put a trot transition in the middle of a long side. We called that the torture trot. We called that the torture trot. The ending was like, now granted, (laughs) I personally like, don't don't stop doing canter trot transitions because you do have to do it in the Grand Prix test. Just saying right in front of the judge, just saying, yep. Yep. And it's worth 10 points. So don't stop training that. But it, the flow of that test, the end of it was just very, uh, it it just didn't flow at all. So instead of doing that second one, we just um, have the horse trot like they do in the other second level tests at the end of the canter work. And so it is just slightly shorter because of that. And it's much more fluid. Then when you picked up the canner and then went halfway down alongside and then trotted again. So got it. Um, so you just try. I always felt like that line. movement also set the horses up for thinking, oh, well, I can just break in the middle of a long side. Yeah. I just always uh-huh. felt like it was not. I thought you were making training. people work on their sitting trot. Truly, I thought that's where I was like, they had to do that to work on your sitting trot because you had to sit the trot. It's the first time you a long way. (laughs) Uh, It was a very long way, and and let me tell you, I had some people. We had to really train that because it's the end of the test. You're tired, and oh boy, yeah. So I know a few people that will be very, very happy that's gone. Well, they'll be really glad that now it's much shorter. So I think (laughs) that it and it's much more fluid now with that. So. So that's the major change that we made to second one. In second level two, we it basically has the same ingredients in it, but we ha- we really felt like there was too much collection and too much lateral work just over and over and over and over at the beginning. And for riders that 
struggle with the concept of collection, which is very normal at second level, it usually resulted in a lot of horses losing their momentum and the second half of the trot work did not go very well. So we have put a medium trot in the middle to kind of rev the engine back up, so to speak. Refresh, refresh the horse. Yeah, exactly. And we feel like that'll make the trot work um, be a little easier to ride. Um, So that's the major change in the trot work itself. Yeah. And then we have changed a little bit of verbiage too. um, That is more of a, and, and we've done this in quite a few tests in the turn on the haunches and the walk pirouettes, the verbiage used to say strides, which was really incorrect. Um, it should be steps. And uh-huh. um, so we changed that verbiage to, Bring to clarity. Say steps instead okay. of strides. Okay. And then the other thing that I'm very thrilled that we did is in most of the tests where you went from walk to canter, and also the walk turns on the haunches and the pirouettes, it would say shorten the walk and canter or shorten right. the walk and mm-hmm. turn. And most people messed up the walk by doing that. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. They the just turned on. their good walk into a bad walk and then you're not going to yeah. have a good transition either. It, it used to be one of my biggest frustration points. And if you look at the new test, the shorten to the walk verbiage is no longer there. Got it. Okay. Yeah. That makes so sense. So in the yeah. in the turns on the haunches and the walk pirouettes, it does say collect and half turn. But for the canter transition, you should be able to can- canter from a medium walk. You shouldn't have to shorten it. Right. right. Well, and that makes sense because, um, like you said, it was confusing and it it didn't lead to good things. So it makes sense yeah, that you make- just pick up the canter and, and you have to collect for the canter transition technically anyways. So I can see why that would be a change. Yeah. Sure. So we eliminated that. So keep the good walk, good medium walk you're in and just mm-hmm. canter. Keep I it like simple. It. Basically is the thought there. So that was taken out that everywhere that got short in the walk stride and canter that's now gone. Good. And um, and then in the in the turns on the haunches, the the verbiage is n- instead of shortening the walk, the verbiage is now collect prior to the turn. That so that the, and it really the other thing, the shortening of the walk was oftentimes even took the purity of the walk away. Yes, that would make. So sense. we were actually teaching people to mess up the walk. <laughs> Yeah. In my <laughs> not not blunt opinion. Yes. yes, I love it. Yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense. So we just tried to to improve our verbiage in those, so the riders could have a little bit better true understanding of what they were supposed to do. So that's one of the biggest changes. It starts at second level, and and it just carries it carries through now. So that makes sense. Yeah. So how about second yeah. level test three? So second level three, um, basically we've kept the same. Okay. And, uh, again, we've changed the strides to steps, taken out the shorten of the walk strides. Um, but the test itself we think is, is 
really um, a nice test. It flows yes. well. Um, and it's a good test to ask the question, is this pair really getting ready to go on to third level? Yes. So it's basically the same test now. Just some Perfect. wording changes. Perfect. All right. Okay. Well, on to third level. What do you think? So third level is the easy one. We've done such <laughs> a good job with that level. We've basically been able to leave it alone. Okay. For a long time. Um, yeah, again, it's again. Yeah. It is. A third level three is my uh, George oh, Williams surprised. and I came up with that one years ago. And we, we just, it just, it works so much better it's than the old test. test we used to oh, have. The old third three was awful. This one was yeah. lovely. It flows really well. The horses do really well with it. Yeah. So, so really the only changes in third level is taking that verbiage of the strides, changing them to two steps and also the shortening the walk for the canter transition is gone. I'm glad uh, so that's see, really this is all that happened. What? Yeah, that's this fine. is the bonus for us doing this horse show, uh, doing this podcast, not a horse show, doing the podcast because that's such great information. Like, like you said, unless you knew it, you probably wouldn't have noticed it. But I love it. So, yeah. So I'm, I'm very much wanting to encourage people: don't shorten the walk, just canter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Keep yeah. it simple and just canter. You can pick up the canter it. from a medium walk. It's, it's doable. Mm-hmm. So, um, so anyway. Love Third it. level is basically the same other than those minor tweaks. Perfect. All right. Now, fourth level. <clears throat> oh, yeah. Now, this is the, the nemesis of fourth level. <clears throat> so, four one yeah. looks pretty similar. So, there's it's fourth one. We decided to take the shoulder in off the center line. Mm-hmm. Okay. That was that's a shoulder in on a center line is quite difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, for us to have it at fourth one, and then you don't see it again until I one makes it clear that maybe that was being a little ambitious <laughs> and that it was better to put them on the long side. So they've been moved. So the trot work is a little different arrangement so that the shoulder ends are a little bit easier for the mm-hmm. riders to, and again, I, I ask everyone to take a good look at all the purposes we've put We've really tried to clarify our verbiage in those in terms of the balance and self-carriage and exactly. And if you look at each of the levels put together, you'll really see the, the, the transition up the levels w- within that paragraph on the purpose. So that's the biggest change to the trot. And then the, the walk used to be on a half circle, the extended walk, sorry, to be clear. I liked that, but, yeah. and we didn't, no, nobody really had a problem with it, but in changing our trot work around and everything, um, it was, it was a more fluid test. It ended up back on a diagonal because we needed to get off to change direction again, yeah. in mm-hmm. another direction. Yeah. So it's back on a diagonal. Now that wasn't really for any reason other than it made the fluidity of the new test come together come together better so that makes sense yeah so that is a a good place to erase your memory if you're riding (laughs) that test and you wrote it this year you can Mm -hmm. take it away so other than that that's pretty much yeah you still have the canner circle 
where you collect between yeah. the quarter lines. Yep. You have the three mm-hmm. changes on the diagonal. That's all the same. Correct. And so. those there's no there's no count on those. There's just three yes. changes. So they can be however many strides apart and they don't have to be the same number of strides. There's just show three changes on the diagonal. It's just basically a a warm up to the concept of having to add the count in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's so a good way that, to do it. That was sure. actually added. Fourth one used to require tempies. You yes. used to have to do fours, and we changed it in 2019. And I think that's been a very good move because people are way more relaxed about it now the first time because they don't have to count. Yeah. No, for sure. And and just teaching a rider. I have a rider that's right at that point. And if I tell her to count, she... Oh boy. But if I tell you <laughs> three, three changes on that, but that that's a good point. I think fourth level is a daunting level because there's a lot of material in fourth level. And I tell everyone it's literally like almost its own level. Each test has very specific things in it. So that brings us to four, two, because four, two, uh, some business happens, right? I mean, it gets hard quick. And yeah, it's the fourth level. You know, I hear so many people make the comment that I might as well just ride pre-St. George because oh. fourth level is, is harder or as hard or whatever. And if you look at it close, I mean, if you just look at where the horse is going, I could buy that argument to some degree because the pre-St. George test is probably one of the most fluid tests ever written. Yes. It really is a beautiful test. And so if you look at it from that angle, you can be like, yeah, I, I agree. But the expectations at fourth level are not as high. The degree of collection required is not as high. When we start into the pirouettes, like in fourth two, the pirouettes are going from one diagonal to the other. Um, and then in fourth three, they're just a working pirouette. That's a lot different than having to do a true half pirouette. So right. when people do make the comment that pre-St. George is way easier than fourth level, it says to me they ha- they don't really understand fourth level. And fourth level really is important to get yourself prepared to do the pre-St. George well. You don't want to just do pre-St. George. You want to do it well. And if you ride the fourth level test, and as you said, the progression from test one, there's no pirouettes, and the cha- there's no count in the changes, it's very quite simple. And then you get into fourth two where you're doing what's probably mathematically about a third of a pirouette up to fourth three where it's the schooling half pirouette. Um, and then, of course, in fourth two, we do the count of four for the tempies and fourth three, the count of three. There are significant changes from one level to the other. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's all in the canter work. The canter yes. work is is the hardest transition that's occurring at this stage of the game. If you compare it to going from first level to second level, the hard transition is in the trot work. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. now we're making the hard transition in the canter work. And so fourth two, I think fourth two is a super test for introducing the horse to the pirouette without overwhelming it and the rider for that matter for a rider who's never done them before um it's the pirouettes from one diagonal to the other is a very fluid way of doing them and um so i think it's a 
a really good introduction to that. So fourth level test two, we've got an extended canner before the um, first pirouette. And then we have the, the tempes. And then we have the second pirouette. And we did that to break those pirouettes up a little bit so that there, there's some regeneration of energy before going into those. That makes sense. All right. Yeah, so just exactly. remember, yeah, remember that um, it's pirouette changes. So your changes should increase the, the level of activity, the, the level of energy so that you can ride that second pirouette rather than riding one pirouette and then the horse gets a bit slower and a bit quieter and, you know, all, all those things that can cause problems going into the other side pirouette, right? Right. And this way, you know, in the tempes, usually if you see really, really big tempes, they're going a little bit bigger than a collected canner. They put a little bit more towards a medium canner. And that gives you a little opportunity to get a little bit more energy going again before you have to do the second pirouette. Yeah, right. that makes complete so, so sense. So the high high degree of collection is kind of tends to slow the horse down a little bit and 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 suck the energy out of the horse. It can, yeah. If it's not, if mm-hmm. you know, it, you yeah, especially when they're first learning them, the horse and or the rider, usually the canter gets slowed more than it gets collected. And so then this gives them an opportunity to revitalize the canner before trying to do the other one. Because with them back to back, that can be a little challenging. You know, like in the pre-St. George, you have to do half pirouettes back to back. Yeah. Right. And there's not any time to rejuvenate the canner because you're doing the counter canner through the corner and you're flying change. And it's all about balance. Yeah, yeah. You, you have 16 so, meters to pray hard to get it. Yeah, <laughs> not <very much>. exactly. <laughs> That's exactly speaking not right. for our friends, not, not for not for <laughs> friends. Speaking for myself. Yeah. Um, so that's right. why that's set up that way is to mm-hmm. give the rider so that you know, and so riders need to look at the test for things like that because that's a place where they can go. Oh, okay, I've got time to regroup and and build back up and, and, and not have to do both of those back to back and be quite so overwhelming. And those are things to look for in a test, especially, you know, for a raw, for what particular horses, what, what are their strong suits and what are their weak links and find places in the test where you can say, okay, in that spot, I can help my horse by doing blah, 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 depending on what the situation. And in this example, it would be, I can rejuvenate the canner before I do my second half pirouette so that my horse, that I can go into it with a better active canner and have better success. Well, and also, again, going back to these are a roadmap to training, right? So that's, yeah. that's a point in training. Like that, that take that point for what we're saying. Yes, we change it from the test, but that's the point in training, right? Where you need to make sure you have enough energy and the pirouettes will suck the energy out. So you better have an, have a moment as you train, maybe you train the pirouette a little bit and then go get some energy and come back and train it again. So I think that that's, that's just an important point. A very important point. It, it, all of the tests, we try very, very hard to make sure that they are logical within the horse's training. Yeah. In the USEF test, we really do try to make sure that there's logic within what you would do at home 
And there have been a few times we put things in the test and then we've gone, okay, I would never do that. So why are we doing that? And we've taken them out. We've Mm -hmm. done that before. Mm -hmm. Because it's like, that's not really ideal training. Right. So kind of like the trot transition in the middle of the long side. Yeah, exactly. And then the torture trot. And then the torture setting trot. Torture <laughs> trot. I love that. <laughs> yeah, that was what it was called. I was like, "All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's get let's get ready." Okay, so the elephant in the room is always the four three. We're leaving it for the blast. Should I do a drum roll? There we go. Got a drum roll. Okay, Talk to us about so this four three. It's different. I'm gonna confess. I'm one of the ones <laughs> that came up with the idea for how we've modified it this time. We all lost a lot of sleep over this one, and. Um, Lilo and I were at a, Lilo four and I were at a show together and we're just drawing and draw. We ruined probably 10 napkins drawing tests (laughs) on them. And all of a sudden it dawned on us that we just needed to use third level test three. And so if you look at the canner work of fourth level test three, now the beginning of the canner work is very similar to to third level test three. But when they turn, do the half circle and turn onto the diagonal, instead of doing the flying change, we now have you do the half pirouette on a diagonal and go back the way you came from. Oh, okay. All right. All right so, and yeah, the, yeah. have you ever schooled half pirouettes that way? It's a great way to school um, them. Yes, you can keep schooling the same direction mm-hmm. pirouettes without having to do any changes. Yes, I have actually done them that way. Yep, absolutely. Ah, interesting. And the the two dreaded half circles where you do the true canner, counter canner, are gone. I know. See, that was in our old Young Rider test. And so I had to do that when I was like, 16. So I was like, what's wrong with this? I think all of us, we had to do it. It was, it was a long ago when I did, when I did young riders, it was in there. So I was like, come on everybody, but everyone hated it. So I know I actually loved them and I really went back and forth, but the main reason we took them out was not because we thought they were too difficult. Um, they're really not. If you're really, if your horse is capable of doing fourth level canter work, but the canter tour was too long. Long. Uh, and it yeah, was, it, was, it really the, was the previ- really, yeah, really version. long. Yeah. Yes, it yes. was. So it was shorter than um, the previous version. Oh, but not, 2015, not it was like, oh, oh my God, you guys, this is so long. It was like two hours. <laughs> was, you felt like you were in there. You were dying. Yeah, you yeah. did fours and then threes and, and yeah. all that. So, yeah, made, yeah. It, made it shorter, simplified it a bit, but but perhaps not enough. So it, it's a, now it's significantly shorter. Um, the other thing is there are way less flying changes in this test. Mm, okay. Because with those half circles, there was a flying change after each one of them. And then there was a flying change after each half pass. And then there was a flying change for each pirouette that you had to do almost within three or four strides after the pirouette. Now you have almost, you have, you know, if you do your half school pirouette, up near R, you have probably six, seven strides before you have to do the flying change. You have much more distance to prepare for the flying change. And it's a separate score now from the pirouette. And in 2019, they were combined. So you might have a great Ah, pirouette and then you blew your change and it pulled down your pirouette. 
And now so they're reads, separate. Yeah. So it reads S to P change rain between the center line and P working half pirouette left approximately three meters in diameter proceed collected canner before S flying change. So you Correct. do have more time. If you take your time, if you yep. wait for your pirouette, you have lots of time to set up for a nice pretty flying nope. change. Exactly. So when you do that half pirouette, you don't want, you want to go past X mm-hmm. and go up towards yeah, yeah. P and do it, do it up there where you do it, where you still have room to do three meters. Cause if you get mm-hmm. right up against the rail, you are going to have to make a really nice clump. Yeah. But <laughs> you're going to get, get really quite close to P and then do your half pirouette. And then you have a long distance to recover and get super straight Get your activity back and do a lovely flying change that's mm-hmm. worth 10 points. Yeah, and then you have time. Then you don't do your half pass again till M. So you actually have, again, a lot of time to regenerate some canner yep. uh, before you do yep. the whole exercise the other direction. So that Correct. makes sense. Ah, yeah. you guys so smart. Thank goodness for those napkins. So, My goodness. We're very excited about it. We're super, yes. super excited about it. So it well, was the whole the whole committee was like, Maybe, maybe. I think we got it. I think we got it. When, so, yeah, so and we when, had when several first, people uh, test ride it. I was just going to say, when is your first chance to be, be judging all the new levels? When, are you booked for December or January? Uh, I'm judging in February. It'll be my first time. So Okay. okay. So these yeah. will go, just so everybody's clear, We these will go into effect December 1st, 2022. So they will start. Basically after the finals. So that's important. It will start. If you're showing in December, you will have the new tests. It doesn't start in 2023. Actually, it starts in December 1st, 2022. Just so everybody remembers. Yes. And that can be a a, a confusion factor too. Um, Mm -hmm. There were some minor changes made to the developing pre-St. George and Grand Prix and to the um, USEF four-year-old test. If you want me to just, they're just minor changes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But, but they are our tests. So um, absolutely, the collectives in the developing pre-St. George and Grand Prix have been um, updated to match the new collectives approved by the FEI okay. for their similar. So there's an um, implementation of general principles. And then there's harmony of presentation. So there's two collective marks on those two tests now. Oh, okay. Okay. So, yes, so that's that kind of sense. new. All right. That's perfect. Um, so that is new. And if you like the canner half circles with the true canner and the counter canner, <laughs> they're still in the developing pre-St. George. So <laughs> you can still do them if you can do that test. Right. And then, yeah. The four-year-old test, we made a little bit, um, we just made a slightly different modification to the test itself. We made the free walk a little bit longer distance because it was a it was a short diagonal. So it was really not an opportunity for a horse with a super walk to really show it off. And then we made the canter transition to be between letters instead of at the letter. Since it's four-year-olds, that way it yep. gives them the same conversation we were having about training level test one. Um, but this is for the canner. It gives the horse more time to prepare, and the rider doesn't have to rush into it at a letter. 
And then the only other thing is um, in the past on the, on the um, collectives for the four-year-old and the, it used to say general impressions and all the FEI tests changed several years ago to use the word perspective instead of general impression. You know, there's the walk, trot, canter, submission, and the FEI tests say perspective, and we've changed our test to match that. Perfect. It's basically the same thing, except perspective gives a little bit better definition because the, it's a score of, of how we feel the horse's future as a dressage horse looks, not really just a general impression. Yeah, Gen- general impression seems a bit uh, wishy-washy or it doesn't describe yeah, anything. Yeah, exactly. It's a, yeah, and I mean, the perspective is is really truly how the horse we perceive the horse is becoming a, a successful upper level FEI horse. That makes sense. Lovely. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Wonderful. Wow. Well, Christy, this has been amazing. Everybody, I took like five pages of notes. So maybe <laughs> listen to this, go back and take some notes. This was awesome. Um, and I just love to hear how the, how this process is evolving, right? It's always happening. There are always people looking out and watching and making notes. And so I think that's important for people to know that this is, this is a process. I think everyone recognized that. Nadine said the same thing. Like this is a process that we're constantly trying to make the best experience for horses and riders through all the levels. So Christy, we have to thank you so much from the show of your dedication, because this is no joke. And uh, we're so thankful that you're doing it. And, and how can our listeners find you online? You have such great information. How can they find you? I'm on wydressage.com. And my email is wydressage at gmail.com. Just think of the first two letters of my last name. And I just want to say to the riders and the trainers also, we do listen. So if you see something that either you love or you're not so happy with, send us a note. Anybody on the committee or send it to USDF if you send it to Sharon Vanderzeel and say, you know, third level test two, I think movement 14 is too close to movement 15 or whatever. Give us your feedback. We do listen. A lot of changes we make are based upon rider feedback. So um, please don't hesitate to give us your input um, because maybe we, we'll, we we'll want let you input get, get from over, everyone. Yeah, get over writing the last test. And, and then, you know, <laughs> when you said that you're going to, you know, start again writing the new test this, you know, next fall, that's a great time to be uh, to hitting you up with a message. I literally, on my diagrams that I make, that I use when I'm judging, from the very first show I start with the new test, I write my notes on the diagrams so I don't lose them. Because if I write them on paper, then I won't remember where they all are. But I literally write them on the diagram. So when we start having our meeting, I've got them right there. I love it. Fantastic. I love it. Oh, thank you so much, Chrissy. This was awesome. This was a great USDF episode. And we hope everybody is thankful, but also learned a lot this episode. I certainly did. So thank you, Christy. And we look forward to seeing you soon. Yeah. Thank you for having me. So, Phil, we have a great listener question for our trainer tip of the week. You and I are going to grab it. So uh, what do we have from a listener? We do get them. We love them when you guys send them. So keep them coming. 
So what do we have this week? So this listener, Caitlin, sent us a message and she says, I started an 18-hand shire under saddle a month ago. He tends to pick up a cross canter. This is the first time I've worked with a horse that offers a cross canter as often as the the same side lead. I know he's very green and and weak, but we're looking for tips and exercises to prevent him from picking up a cross canter. Thank you. Um, Thank you, Caitlin. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. Okay. Well, this is a common problem I see for sure in young horses. And then, um, I I mean, I love a Shire. My goodness. They're wonderful, (laughs) wonderful horses. You know what I mean? Uh, but cantering maybe isn't, isn't his best gate. Wouldn't you say Phil just overall hearing? Yeah. I I think, uh, you know, uh, many draft and draft crosses have problems with their leads and in canter in general. And especially if this is a big horse, Big horses need a lot of space and they need to build up a lot of momentum and, you know, like can be weak behind and yeah. weak in their stifles. So common problem, need, need some advice. Yeah. So Phil, I think you're right. The, the big guys, the big draft breeds, the big horses, right? First of all, they need time. They also need strength. So we don't know this horse's age, do we? And we don't know also, I, I'm curious if he had a different career before. But we'll just say he's young, just because we—I don't think we know from the. From well, she the said she, she started him under saddle a month ago. Yeah. So okay. That so leads we you don't to believe that's probably three, could be nine, but. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> We're gonna go with more on the three-year-old gear. I just say that because we don't know a hundred percent from her email. Um, but number one, I, I'm a fan of teaching him on the lunge. I feel you start a lot of big youngsters. Uh, potentially more you do for sure do more than I do in the, in the history. But I think that's number one is, you know, can he, can he actually pick up the canter? Um, I also would wonder how his probably his overall balance is, is a little bit tricky. So, and his overall strength is probably pretty weak. So the question is, you know, again, we still have nice weather. So could you use, depending on where you're located, you know, some Hills to kind of help strengthen him, uh, even, kind of picking up momentum up the hill, maybe a few steps of canter up a hill is very helpful. And if you can get that done safely, or maybe with a big draft read, sometimes you can. But the other thing is I would also be careful not to do an extended period of time of canter. I see that a lot just in general with a lot of young horses. And I gave someone, a, a lovely student, a virtual right before we got on for the podcast. And she wanted to canter horse a long time. This was happened to be a pony, but he could not hold it. And she was having trouble with the transition downward. So it was a little bit different problem within the cross canter, but similar in the sense of he was weak and couldn't hold it. So I asked her, first of all, how early on in the ride she did the canter work, um, because this guy may run out of steam. <laughs> and so you want to keep him as fresh as you can, as you go for the canter. So I would, number one, make sure you can get it on and also a little bit of connection on the lunge if possible. Um, and even if you need to big a bigger lunge line for him, uh, a little bit bigger space is fine. He shouldn't be on a small circle because he's a big dude. Um, so that's one of the things that I would say is can, can he canter on the lunge line? If not, maybe you need to work on that. Number two, don't wait so long into the ride that he's exhausted, that he can't get up the momentum to canter. And then number three, make sure that you're not trying to canter for a long period of time because those guys or horses in general, they burn a lot of fuel in the canter. 
And a lot of times they can't hold, you know, I'll see somebody going around and around and then they have a mistake. So if you start even with a half a circle of canter and you can get the true lead, awesome, then then trot again, rebalance the trot, try again with the canter. And then maybe the next time you canter for three quarters of a circle. So those are some things that I would think about, Phil. How about you? Yeah, these are all, I mean, you're, you're hitting everything right on. Um, you know, what I would normally, what I normally do with, with three-year-olds is really focus on the transition mm-hmm. and on a big circle, like you might even do big. more than 20 meter circle. If, you, if yeah. you've got space, use it to your advantage. Um, remember that the, the canter, uh, the horse has to lead with the inside hind leg. So um, maybe you're having problems on both of the hind legs, you know, not not doing it. But but uh, with your inside with your inside leg, you have to make a sharp reaction that the horse gets, you know, get gets his inside hip underneath them so that he can mm-hmm. pick up the correct lead, you know, and just do, you know, do one correct transition, uh, whether it happens the first time, the second time, whatever, and then take a walk break, do the other side. Mm-hmm. It, it, I, I don't think there's much point if you're not having any issues in the trot and in doing a lot of trot either, you know? Yeah. Uh, oh, these no, exactly. Need, need short Stay and there. sweet yeah. and just a real clear understanding of what's being asked. So, uh, you know, do a round of trot and then get right to the canter. And, every, you know, every time that, that the horse gets the correct lead front and behind, just walk right like you know and the and the first day you do it once each way that that's a lot that's a lot for yes like for a big horse with a, you know with weak stifle or, or you know a weak hawk so um yeah you know small small you gotta work your way towards you know cantering a full circle or you know getting five or six transitions it's you know start with one reward 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 and yeah. reward again Yep. You know, so right. that the horse has has uh, incentive to to and learning to uh, to get the correct lead and to get stronger over time. This is going to be months, you know, uh, in, in in work, you know. But I think you uh, did hit on a really good point. Lots of good points, but really the sharp reaction to your leg. Right. That's really critical. That that's also for flying changes. Right. Like way down the road. Uh, or any transition that is that sharp reaction. So I think that's really, really critical to remember when you're training, right? Is that reaction you're installing that even when they're little and three, right? If you put your leg on and you're asking him to go forward, then he really, really needs to do that. So, or he, or she, uh, but I think that was just critical, right? Is that sort of sharp reaction is, is really important. So a quick, a quick jump, you know, they got to mm-hmm. jump off your leg and not just lean right. into it. Right. And that's what right. young horses do. They want to lean on your legs. So yeah. if, they, if you clamp your inside leg on or, or outside, it doesn't matter. And, and they take that as a, okay, you push against me, you're going to hold me up and I'm going to push against you. And, and like that, that doesn't work. That doesn't, that's not, that's not going to, lead you to success in, in training. So, right. Right. I loved it. I think that's really the way to, that you think about it as you do this transition, but uh, we wish you luck. Remember this training a young horse sometimes takes a long time. And I swear those big guys, they take a long time. Don't be in a hurry right now with him. Like 
build his strength. If you can um, use all the tools you have and make it fun for him too, because uh, it's it's really hard for him to do do what you're asking. So uh, we hope that helps. We're thinking about you. Uh, really wish you luck over the winter and uh, check back in with us. We'd love to see how we're how you're doing. Well, Phil, we have a book club book going, everyone. Uh, Horse Brain, Human Brain, The Neuroscience of Horsemanship by Janet Jones. So we want everyone to read it, enjoy it. We will come back. We're going to have a discussion with the author. And then after that, we're, we'll, we'll read it. And then we'll have a discussion with our listener as well. Uh, so we are looking forward to it very much. So the, the giveaway, uh, I'm organizing it, but the giveaway on the auditor, the Facebook auditor page will be happening soon. So also kind of look up for that. You know, I we, we love having the, the auditors on the show and to contribute to the show. So, um, you know, eyes up, eyes up, heads out, or no, mm-hmm. eyes, eyes out. Let, eyes no, up. Never mind. <laughs> eyes up. Look out. That's so, what I meant to say. Look Eyes out. up, look out. Yeah. <laughs> we need to get you the, the Murdoch method, Wendy Murdoch's look up glasses, Phil. Yes. Just yes. saying. There you go. <laughs> we love it. Well, as always, everybody, we thank you for listening to this show. The United States Dressage Federation is your connection to dressage education, competition, and achievement. That's usdf.org. For more information, www.usdf.org, the online destination for dressage. You can find our show notes and links to today's guests on our website, dressageradio.com. Like us on Facebook, just search Dressage Radio Show. Follow us on Twitter at Horse Radio. My website is maplecrestfarmky.com, and my email is reese at horseradionetwork.com. I think the best way to find me is on Facebook, or my email is philip at horseradionetwork.com. I'd like to thank our sponsors for allowing us to put on a good show. That's Kentucky Performance Products and Ride IQ. Also, if you'd like to support our show and the Horse Radio Network, you can do that through the auditor program found at horseradionetwork.com. Everybody, keep your heels down and your shoulders back, and we will talk to you next week.